Hello, friends. This is Fort Worth Roots, a variety interview podcast recorded in Fort Worth, Texas. This episode is one of a 10-part block that we're releasing for the launch. For show notes and social media links, go to www.fortworthroots.com. My guest today is the owner of Salted Pages, a copywriting and content marketing company. She specializes in website copywriting, email funnels, SEO copywriting, and she recently moved to Fort Worth with her husband from Utah. Please give it up for the incredible Lauren Kuchka. We talk a little bit today about moving to Texas, her husband's life as a new pilot. I tried to talk Lauren into starting her own podcast, and uh, she tells us how her business, Salted Pages, how it works. We talk about travel destinations and gambling, all sorts of fun stuff. Thank you all for being here. Let's start the show. Flight school, you have to go and get your private pilot license. And then you have to get your instruments and your commercial rating. That sounds about right. And there's some other steps in there. And then once you do all that, then you get your commercial pilot license. And you're like $60,000 in debt. <laughs> and you're really hoping that this all works out. Yes. And then you get a job, work there for a year, and then the world shuts down with a pandemic and you hold yeah. on uh, for dear life. But yeah. so far we've been really blessed and... Um, you know, luckily I have, I have a business that's been able to support us as well. So we both just know that either way we, we have a route we can take. Right. Yeah. And I, I told you beforehand, I was doing 10 episodes to release all at the same time. And of course, coronavirus has just been a topic for everybody. Um, I like to think that we're at the tail end of this, um, so that we can kind of look back on it already and just laugh it off. Right. Mm -hmm. Me too. But it's been rough. And um, so was he able to get job placement as soon as he got his commercial pilot license? So he actually went through a cadet program that they okay. have where you can go through the whole interview process and apply and even get the flight benefits before you start the job officially with them. So mm -hmm. while he was still in flight school, finishing up his hours because he needed 1,500 hours, uh, he was just a flight instructor. That's how he was doing it. So the same school he's a student, he went and started teaching there to get his 1,500 hours to be an airline pilot and um, passed his interview and became a cadet. So we were able to fly to LA for a fun trip <laughs> on the benefits, even though he hadn't quite started the job yet, but had passed the interview. So it's a fun little perk program that they have to recruit pilots because uh, they, they have a shortage and they're looking for yeah. people to come and work. Um, and that, that's 1500 hours after he gets his commercial. Just, yeah, just kind of in total. So you can count the hours oh, from getting your okay. privates and everything. But um, in total, if you don't have any, like, prior military experience or the, like, uh, right now the government requirements that you need 1,500 hours to fly um, more than a set amount of passengers. Right, so. yeah. Um, I had looked into it years and years ago. And back in, when was this? Probably 2013, I think. And they were talking about the upcoming massive shortage that they were going to have. Like, they were already experiencing a shortage back then just because the amount of air travel had just gone through the roof. Yeah, it Everybody's was Everybody's using airlines. High. Yeah. Um, some of that's due to population, and some of it's due to just more people using airplanes, I guess. <laughs> but um, the, the big concern was that within the next five to ten years, and this was back in 2013, um, they were going to have uh, a lot of these veteran pilots that had been flying for these airliners their entire lives they were about to retire so 
is that kind of smoothed out, do you think? Or did, did he kind of hit the sweet spot, or is there still, like, a huge shortage? Um, well, I think he might have just hit the sweet spot because he was hired and working for them for a year before COVID hit. Um, yeah. And so now, of course, everything's kind of on pause. It might be a couple of years um, until we get to the same point that we were at, you know, just yeah. even in January and December. So, um, you know, but at that point, they'll probably – hiring again and trying to make sure that when that shortage happens that we're okay so well the good news is that you made it to texas we did and economically texas is Mm -hmm. one of the states Mm -hmm. that performs better than any of the other ones so that's true it's been a great place to grow my business to watch him start his career too it's kind of a jumping place for both of us and Mm -hmm. it's just been great the people have been so lovely and kind we've made some great friends we're really happy to be here yeah so with uh, Salted Pages, you were able to, to kind of fill in the, the void that was there for, for all the lack of work on the other side of the table. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, he luckily is still working and, and getting paid. He's just, because he's flying less, you know, you get some of those less, you know, per diem and things like that that you usually get and come right. with. And we were picking up overtime for him and all that kind of fun stuff. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, yes, that has been able to fill in well. And, uh, you know, my business, I launched it full time last year. And so I was... At this time last year, I wouldn't have been able to say yes to that question. Right. So it's a blessing to be able to now say that, yes, you know, we, we can get by and that my business can support us. And that because it's in the digital realm, I haven't had to shut anything down. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, if you can say that after a year of being in business that you're supporting yourself, you're doing really good. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely took some side hustling prior to that. You know, I had yeah. some freelance work and I had a full-time job and all that kind of good stuff. So I, I amped it up slowly, but I agree. It, it is just a, a joy to be able to say that. Well, from the way you're talking, it sounds like some of your clients might be remote. Like, are you still doing business in Utah? I don't have many Utah clients. There are a lot of photographers that I'm working for. I have a really good business friend. Uh, we, like, met through Instagram and work with a lot of the same clients. She does web design and I do copywriting and she's over in Phoenix, Arizona. I have a a graphic design agency that's North Carolina that I write blogs for. So they're just kind of all over. I've done some Canada stuff, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. That's not American. (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been to Canada? I have just been to Niagara Falls when I was a kid and that's it. That counts, right? I think so. Like I was out on the water. Did you have to use your passport? I didn't have a passport, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Vancouver, and that was that was beautiful. I want to go to Canada, but all of the places I would want to go are so popular now that mm-hmm. it would ruin the experience for me. So, like what kind like of places? Like Banff, you know, that beautiful, like pristine turquoise lake, like that's oh, a not, place I would love to visit. It's I'm not very Instagrammable. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes. okay. And everyone it, goes there for that. So that's that's the reason we need to get some Instagram photos at Banff. Well, I just love the outdoors. I love hiking. I love lakes. Um, Instagram would be a nice bonus, but I'm saying that I guess because it's so popular now, it almost drives away my interest. Yeah. Well, that's terrible. Um, (laughs) It seems like most of the really awesome places end up getting uh, an influx of people at some point. You just, you can't keep a good thing to yourself. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, from Abilene today, and we were talking about how strange it was that out of the now eight podcasts that I've done, the episodes that I've recorded twice now, Terlingua has come up. Do you know what Terlingua is? No, I would do not, not feel be the bad one to bring that up. Mm-mm, don't feel bad. It is the most remote, most obscure place in Texas. And for some reason, 
out of the people that I just met over the last couple of weeks, twice Terlingua has come up. It is a tiny little town. I think the population is like 50. It's definitely under oh 100. Gosh. It's very, very small. Okay. And um, anyway, he was just baffled that there were two guests that brought that up. And he's like, are you leading them into that conversation? I'm like, not at all. It just comes up. <laughs> well, this is number three now. That you'll well, be <laughs> now this one is my fault. Okay. We'll but put it on you. the reason I bring it up is because just like all the other places that are awesome and kind of the, the last kept secrets, there are no secrets anymore. And even Terlingua, this tiny little 50 person town, they're running marathons there. And I'm telling you, if wow. you look this stuff up on Google, um, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's a couple of shops, a restaurant, I think, that's open for like four hours a day. That's my kind of place. Exactly. Yeah. That's the draw. That's the kind of restaurant I would run. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here for four hours, come hang out, and then we'll see you later. If you're here, cool. If not, <laughs> we'll be closed. So, yeah. Um, anyway, the idea is uh, the, the two guests that I had uh, that brought up Terlingua. This is a mobile podcast, obviously. Yes. Here we are in your office, your beautiful office in your nice little house. Thank You're you. in uh, central Fort Worth. Um, but anyway, the point was, <laughs> um, sorry, folks, I'm running on. Let's see, I, I started my day at one o'clock, so I'm, I'm starting to mentally wind down, unfortunately. Um, but the idea was to get a, uh, like a travel trailer or an RV, rig the thing out with cameras and uh, microphones kind of all locked in place. Wait, that was the idea for this mobile podcast? Well, that's what's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. But okay. I'm getting the ball rolling before I feel the large like investment. I'm getting uh, the... <laughs> oh, you're coming back. Don't worry. I'm coming back. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. It's kind of fun to turn my office into a podcast studio. That was once yeah. on my list as a thing to do, and then I decided... At least for it. the time being, that I have other areas I want to focus on instead. But so I've heard people say things like, "Oh, I don't think anybody would listen," or you know, there's mm. there's several reasons that people say they shouldn't. But if you already have, and you do, because I've seen it, Instagram followers or any kind of social media presence at all, you've already got your audience. That's so true. you know, and as far as subject, you talk about what you're doing, talk about your trip to Banff, whatever, and there's. <laughs> There's your podcast. And it doesn't even have to be a serious thing. You could just have it as kind of like a personal time capsule. Okay, I'll come to you as my podcast coach in the future. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> You'll no, get no. those people. <laughs> you got about as much business being a podcast coach as I do. Um, but anyway, I'm going to load that thing up whenever this thing comes to fruition, and we're all going to roll down to Trilingua and do a little oh camping trip. Oh, my gosh. Trip. I would Y'all love it. You're welcome to come. I don't – the the – uh, hypothetical traveling podcast studios already getting pretty <laughs> full, but we can always meet down there. We can just take our own car. We've got the dog, so we'll just yeah, grab sure. him and, and come on down. I love it. Yeah. I love, it. I love hole-in-the-wall places. <laughs> I lived in this teeny town in Arizona for a couple of years when I was in high school. We had no stoplights, like 2,000 people or so that lived there. What's and the name of it? St. John's, Arizona. It's like the okay. northeastern uh, How side of Arizona. How far is it from? Is it I, it's I-10 right there. Oh, I don't even know. I was like 16 years oh. old. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it was four hours from the Grand Canyon. Like That was my uh, key key landmark that I would refer to. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where the Grand Canyon is in relation to Terlingua, but it's like <laughs> a 30-minute walk to the border. Like people go across the river to like get good tamales and wow. stuff. So anyway, I'll I'm quit talking about Terlingua. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we've talked about your move. Um, I wanted to talk about your email funnels. I know a little bit about that, um, but 
the the type of marketing that you do kind of is is more of a backstory for me. I, I don't know it intimately. So can you okay. explain email funnels? Sure. So the email funnels that I like to focus on are more of a nurturing side of a conversion funnel. And this might be a little confusing terminology for some people. But essentially, what I like to do is create emails that for like small businesses are a nice welcome and introduction to a business or a product. And so, for example, if I go to a website right now, maybe there's like a little pop-up form or something at the bottom that says like, you know, subscribe here and download this free guide. So I get something out of it. Like there's a reason to subscribe. And so that gets me into this list. Well, something needs to happen after you get on this list. Otherwise, uh, you know, as a business who is building the subscriber list, that person's going to grow cold. So what you're trying to do is build a relationship with them, make them familiar with who you are are and what you do and so I write the emails that they get after they subscribe so the first one of course is like here's your freebie or like thanks for subscribing Um, and then thereafter it's six or seven emails that are nurturing them welcoming them uh, just talking about your mission or um, like different values that you have or ways that you can help that person sometimes it's just providing free advice like I've written for Um, like a wedding invitation designer. And so she would give her clients um, a free download of a, uh, what was it called? Like a guest list spreadsheet. So you could download that for free and start using that to keep track of your RSVPs. Mm -hmm. And then from then on, they would get advice for planning their wedding. Like, hey, don't forget to send out like your save the dates X weeks before your wedding or X months. And so it's just information that is helpful and valuable to them. And, you know, of course the goal is to get them to buy from you, but it's, it's more of in a soft natural way instead of like, Hey, buy this now or else you have 10 minutes and the door's closing. That's not usually what I like to focus on. Right. So it sounds like it's just to build a community and you're doing that for each individual client. Yes. And then you're getting uh, contact information residually off of each one of your clients. Not for me or my business personally, but they have their own email platform or system that they're using. So whether it's MailChimp or Flowdesk, Uh they have it for their own business and the emails are coming from their business. Mm. Um, So it's all built within that email email marketing platform and they're the ones that get the email information and then can use that to advertise things and programs that they have. But it's those first few emails that I typically focus on and then beyond that I can help with like selling a course or selling a product that they might have. Yeah. Well, I've used MailChimp in the past, and um, it sounds like I'm getting the job done, <laughs> but it sounds like um, maybe a six-year-old uh, using a Crayola on a napkin versus um, <laughs> a masterpiece in a beautiful cathedral. Okay, yeah. sure. Sounds That's like you've got it nailed compliment. down, and uh, <laughs> yeah, MailChimp, I think they got their name off of I feel like a chimp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is not a good way to interpret their brand. <laughs> well, they're not a sponsor. And they know it's they fine. Know. It's fine. I like, I've been using Flowdesk recently. It's a newer, smaller company. Mm-hmm. There's this very visual, which is nice. And you yeah. can build different segments. So I can have one, you know, they can download like my copywriting do's and don'ts. And the other one can join my wait list for this course I'm launching. And so there's different areas I can put these people into depending on what they're interested in. And it's, free up to a month and then after that it's just you know a set monthly fee that's the best way to do it um any software that i've ever used if it doesn't have like a try it free version (laughs) i'm not gonna do it i have to try it for free it's so true that's the model right i mean or uh, you spend so much money and you 
figure if you're spending that much money that it must be worth. It. <laughs> That's what I often see as a yeah. buyer trend. Probably like um, Adobe. They've got a bunch of different products, Lightroom and whatever, whatever. But I don't think they have a free trial. And that's they do do they yeah okay but it has that's limited a, features like limited okay, functionality yeah. and yeah eventually then you just that's one it. company though that i would i would waive my that's needed true based on the brand free month yeah <laughs> well they've got a good product see the freebies that a lot of these businesses offer to their clients it's kind of like that free trial like a lot of these people aren't going to give their services for free like i don't you know unless it's a nonprofit, i really value and believe in I don't do anything for free. You know, I have time commitments and a tight schedule. And so I value that with my clients yeah. and dedicating that to them. But that freebie is kind of like, here's the information. Here's kind of what it's like to work with me. Mm -hmm. If you actually need hands-on help, you know where to find me. Right, yeah. right. Well, and that's something that's come up. I've talked to a couple other uh, business owners over this 10 episode spree. And uh, that, that theme keeps coming up that you, if, if you're going to do work for somebody, don't do it for free. Yes. And, uh, because free, there's no value in that. But I saw your website, and it looks amazing. You obviously Thank know you. what you're doing. I saw there was a heavy list of clients on it. For you listening at home or in your car, it's uh, www.saltedpages.com. Go check it out. If you uh, own a business or you're thinking about starting one, this would definitely be your first step. Thank you. Yeah. Especially if you're launching a website, I like to do a lot of website copywriting for mm -hmm. small businesses and you can have a beautiful design and photos and products that people need. But if you don't have the writing to get them there and to help with your online presence, then you're going to struggle. Yeah. So, and that, that's a fact. I mean, I've <laughs> put together several websites myself. I've sent out these MailChimp uh, emails and man, I'm not totally illiterate, but whenever I, I start preparing something like that, I you know, it's like the dial tone comes on and I'm just staring at the screen like, shit, I should be better at this. The dial tone. Wow. <laughs> that describes it perfectly. That's what so many of my clients say. They're like, I try to write about myself and what I do and I just hit a wall. I, I can talk to people. I can sell my stuff and I can do what I do. I'm an expert mm -hmm. at it, but I can't talk about it. I can't, yeah. I can't write about it. Well, and it's probably a lot like trying to describe yourself as a person. It's it's harder <laughs> for you to do it for yourself rather than somebody else to introspectively kind of from the outside looking in. I feel like strangers give the best compliments. <laughs> I love it when people describe. I'm like, wow, that's that's just perfect. Like I had a uh, business owner. She's a photographer, and she did a photo shoot with me. And after working together, you know, when we had this whole custom process. She was like, your favorite color is gray. And I'm like but it's blue. But then I look in my wardrobe and I look around my house and I'm like, oh my gosh, my favorite color is gray. <laughs> she knew. And that's, that's kind of how it is with copywriting. Like when I'm writing for businesses about them and about their services, it's kind of like that stranger side of things in terms of like giving a new perspective. But I also, you know, do my research and take my time. I mean, that photographer took her time to get to know me and she had seen the outfits I picked out to wear for our photo shoot. And so after working together, she was like, this is your favorite color. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that it is, but I, I, honestly, it is. Like, if I really had to look through and pick one. It's okay. Now you know that about yourself. Now I know. It's so funny. Because gray is unappealing. That's just, what? No. Well, if it works for you. <laughs> but it's just a nice wardrobe color. I like it. Yeah. yeah and I'm 35. I have no idea uh, what my favorite style or color. <laughs> or I dress like a child, and then people have to buy me clothes. Because I'll just wear the same damn T-shirt. I should do that. Every week. Is that the way to get people to buy you clothes? Just dress like shit? Yeah. See, the only person <laughs> that ever really bought me clothes was, of course, my parents growing up. And then, like, I'd get 
like an ugly vest for my like grandparents or something every now and again. Yeah. My husband will not buy me clothes. Just this is nothing. A, I've had friends stop me like, we'll, we'll be going out to dinner or drinks or whatever. And I've literally had friends stop me like on the way out the door, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got a shirt you can wear. <laughs> I may or may not be that friend. I have to be honest. My, my brother would, in Seattle bought me this shirt. That's sweet. That's sweet. <laughs> Yeah, no one has bought, I buy my own clothes. I feel like most women do, and then we buy the clothes, like, for our men, but I am the friend that, I don't police my friends, per se, but my siblings and my husband, I'll be like, I was about to ask, ooh, are you gonna walk out wearing that? (laughs) But sometimes we match, like, we'll both get dressed, like, separate from each other, and then we go out, and we look at each other, and we're like, oh my, it happens, like, we're in Mexico, we're at the gym, we're both wearing, like, an Under Armour black top, and I mean... Maybe we just have a lot in common in terms of our style preferences, but sometimes it's just really uncanny. And his yeah. mom says we look alike, so that just adds like a not good taste <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> Ooh, is she listening? She probably will, yes. Yeah, yeah hi, Marina. <laughs> and mom, I have to give a shout out to my own mom. <laughs> well, I Both should moms. give a shout out to Steven. I mentioned him on the, the shirt. Thanks for yes. the shirt, man. We were in it Vegas. Uh, crap, when was this? I think it was last November. Might have been October. We went down to Vegas. My first time going to Vegas. And uh, it was nothing like what I expected. That place, apparently they've cleaned it up, so it's not like the crazy version that it used to be. Oh, so you went during, well, it was a crazy version? No, no, no. Like last, uh, either October or November, probably October. Yeah. And it was was almost like the, the inside of a theme park, like just polished and clean and... I was expecting tigers in the bathroom and people running around selling cocaine to everybody. I don't know. I agree. It was underwhelming for me, too. Um, I mean, I just kind of have always passed through Vegas. Like, mm-hmm. we were down there for, like, for my husband's green card at one point um, and just on the way to somewhere. And so we always just stop and take some photos and then head yeah. out. And it's just a little bit underwhelming. I'm like, okay. This is it. It's literally the strip, and there's not much else around here. Yeah. I, I actually almost prefer the surrounding area. Like, just give me a desert. Give me Hoover Dam. Like, that's great. I love that. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the town we went to, but it's right on the border, and um, there is a little, like, river that runs right through the border. If you go on this side, you're on in one state. You cross, you're in the other, but you can rent, like, jet skis. So we, oh. we rented jet skis, and the water was, like, I guess it was deeper whenever we went out and then we started coming back and the tide went out or whatever. Oh gosh. And I mean, it dropped like three feet and we were worried the jet skis were going to start picking up rocks because it, it's got the intake. And if you're renting, yeah, those things bad. like those contracts you sign are scary. Like oh, it makes yeah. me not want to do anything on yeah, that yeah. jet ski. We rented once and I was like, don't flip it. Don't get water <laughs> in the engine. Go slower. Don't turn that fast. It just yeah. stressed me out. I'd rather just buy one and trash it on my own than to... I'm so glad you know about that because it (laughs) it was, it was crazy. And like after reading through the contract, because I'm going to read the contract. Oh, me too. And I'm I'm like, hey, look, you see this? Like there there were scratches, there was a dent, you know, I'm like, hey. Taking the photos, like when you're renting a car, you're just going to, this was not me. Yeah. And then the guy, like when we brought it back, he's like, just, just run up on the rocks and I'll get it from there. And I'm like, no, no, I'll pull it. I'll bring it to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to have, yeah, that's a jet ski. I'm not paying for that on my trip. 
I was trying to be as frugal as possible, which is like no way to live when you go to Vegas. I have the same problem. I like not drink soda because I'm trying to save that couple of bucks on a soda. And then finally, I just realized, you know what, Lauren, you're ruining your experience. You're ruining the experience for your family. Like my husband, I'd be like, let's not buy that right now. And I just decided if we're on vacation, we're on vacation. Yeah. If we want to eat out, I'm going to order a soda. Oh, well, the three dollars, I'll not buy that when I'm at home if I really need to save. That's the way to go. Yeah. Did you? So it sounds like you don't go into the casinos. No, I don't gamble. Yeah, I no. never have either. Oh, that's what, see, that's why it was underwhelming. Maybe people who have no, gambled. But I did like, on the trip. I did. Oh. That was the first time I've gambled. First time I've been to. Well, no, wait a minute. I've I've been to a Oklahoma casino before, but I played like a game of cards and left. <laughs> so, but I sat down at the blackjack tables, um, and I can't remember the name of the place we were at, but I sat down there for probably six hours straight. And I walked out of there with like 600 bucks. Oh. And I brought that back. My uh, my brother, I can't remember what he's doing. He's probably sleeping in like a loser. <laughs> and I went down there to like rage. And uh, I come back and I've got all this cash. And he's like, what did you do? I'm like, I want all this money. He's like, that doesn't happen. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, this is crazy. Nobody wins that much money. Wow. He's like, yeah, I think it was 600 bucks. He'll have to comment on the video or the the, yeah, the confirm that statement for us. Yeah, it was it was substantial though. It was enough that he was shocked. So I felt pretty good about yeah. myself. Well, then you don't need to go back because you, oh, I'm going oh. back, <laughs> and I'm going to play more blackjack. I had somebody tell me that they were like, "Yeah, you can play in uh, Oklahoma or go to uh, New Orleans and play." And I, I was like, "Okay," and got the information from it, like listened to them tell the story, and they're like, "Well, you do have to pay for like the." I can't remember the Andy or whatever. Like you have to pay for every hand that you bet on. And I was like, mm. I'm not doing that. I'll buy a ticket to Vegas. <laughs> There's no Annie there. Like I'm me talking like I know what I, how to gamble now. Yeah, it's my yeah. first time. And of course I win a little bit. So now I'm hooked. Right. I wonder if they knew. Oh. Maybe they knew it was my first time. So they're like, and you looked like the guy that would come back. Maybe. Yeah. So they're, like, cutting the deck certain right. ways to, like, give me an unfair advantage. I don't know. Then Vegas would just be overflowing with all the second-timers who won the first time but and aren't really disappointed. Those are probably the a-holes that lose all their money, though. <laughs> that you won. You know? Because I walked down there with, like, 100 bucks and, and came out with 600 So then I'm like, ooh, man, that was, that was pretty good percentage wins, right? <laughs> if I liquidate my child's college fund... <gasps> I can come back with six Stop. times as much. This is so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> we need to just like an intervention right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, this is how it happens. So I those so. those second time, yeah. you know, big winners, they come in there and next thing you know, they're trying to sell their T-shirt to get just a little more money for one <laughs> more bet. They say the same thing about like winter sports. I don't oh, know really? if you've ever done skiing or snowboarding. I, I but used to ski, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, it's kind of a pricier athletic sport, but the first, once you do it, if, if you catch on to it, yeah. and you keep going back and you're hooked and you keep having to spend that money and buy new gear, buy the season ski? tickets, I ski. So I suck at skiing. I suck at snowboarding, so. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. opposite. Well, I'm not good <laughs> at snowboarding. I, I should say I suck less at snowboarding. Like, I can go from point A to point B on a snowboard, I, not yeah. so much on skis. I, well, <laughs> I can go from point A to point B on skis, but I get there really fast. And then when I get to point B, I don't know how to stop. Oh, no. That's, yeah. like, my biggest fear. Mm -hmm. So I do, have to, I do have to add a disclaimer if my brother's listening. He's a snowboarding. We went this season, and I hadn't been since last year. So I've only been once per season for the last two years. So I was very rusty. 
And that was challenging. Like my legs were somehow just like out of shape. Like skiing just works you differently. Oh, yeah. And you're just like squatting the whole time down the hill. You're like your just yeah. knees are in workout mode. So, and it was really cloudy and we yeah. went to the top like of the mountain and like I could hardly see anything. I'd never You're been on in skis? conditions like that. I'm on skis. He's okay. on a snowboard. And luckily he's one of those guys that brings a speaker with him. But it was a saving grace because I could barely make out his silhouette down the hill. But you could hear him. And I had never been there, but I could hear him. <laughs> didn't know where to go. Didn't know where the cliff was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're on the mountainside. And I, after we made it down the hill to the lodge, I was like, well, I'm done for the day. I'm tired. I'm just going to be unsafe at this point. So I'll grab oh. some hot cocoa and a cookie. And I made myself comfortable. <laughs> It's the way to go. But next year, I want to go more and take it more easy. I mean, he, this guy goes, has a season pass every year, is, does jumps and Which, stuff. Which uh, resort is this? He, this was at Snow Basin Resort up by Ogden, Utah, and Huntsville, Utah. Okay. Um, I learned to ski actually down in Arizona. I think it was Sunrise Ski Resort. Just a little poda, mm. cute place. Yeah. Two lifts, I think, plus the bunny hill. Um, but I actually really like skiing in my college town, um, at Sundance ski resort. That was a nice one where they have a lot of film festivals and whatnot. And it's just a cute place and you get to know all the routes and it's not overwhelming and you don't feel lost. That's what I value. I'm a little surprised to hear that Arizona has any skiing in it. Northern Arizona. Yeah, it was, it was a great place to learn because you're not like freezing cold and we don't want to fall down because it could be kind of slushy and then you get Uh, wet. Rocks, right? (laughs) So... I, I mean, I guess I went at the right time of season when there weren't quite rocks. I busted but my exactly. ass on a, there was a pile that I thought was all snow in season. And I told you that I like to stop kind of abruptly when I get yeah. to point B. Yeah. I thought that was snow and I hit some rocks and I jacked myself up. Wow. But yeah. I was younger and I recovered <laughs> and I went back. down the hill. Um, have you ever tried those, the little bitty ones? I think they call them demos. They're like. Three feet, three and a half feet long. Um, like a, what am I thinking of? Describe it. It's a ski, but it's a really oh. short one. And I've oh, only heard them. like the trickster skis. I guess. I've always There's always like young teenagers the that are doing fun tricks on them, I feel like. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I've always thought maybe if I try skis again, maybe I should get the little stupid short ones. That way I can't go so fast that like hurt myself well sometimes your (laughs) skis can like trip up on each other i just have old skis though like i bought mine when i was in college and they were used from some rental store and so i just don't think i have the best equipment but someone out there is going to call me out for just making an excuse for not being the best skier out there in the world but that's okay that is my um my downfall i guess is not having the right equipment to work with have you been anywhere in colorado to ski no, I've okay. just driven through. Because I was going to ask you for a comparison between Colorado and Utah, because I've heard Utah has great skiing. Yeah, I meet all the people that come from other places, and they always say it's great snow. So best. I just don't yeah. have anything to compare to besides Arizona, where I learned to ski. So yeah. I would say Utah is probably better <laughs> just in terms of the amount of snow. Uh, Rio Dosa, that's New Mexico. Um, but that's where we used to go all the time. It's cheap, it's a little closer. And, you That's know, for, for me being so novice, it was perfect. I'd need nothing else, no no higher level of, uh, I don't need a more challenging slope, so. Yeah, if I can just kind of take it easy. Just, I, I'm a casual skier, you know, like I like to have yeah. fun here and there and challenge myself, but I just like to have a good time, make a morning of it and yeah. go hang out at the lodge. 
I don't know. I should probably get one more good, solid ski trip in before I get any older. Because, I mean, I feel like after 40, anybody that goes skiing just has terrible stories about how they destroyed their knees. And I don't want that. Yeah, I'm in my 20s and I'm already afraid of that. Yeah, I don't want that. It's like the same reason I haven't started jujitsu. I've got a buddy that's uh, he's really into jujitsu. He's done a couple of professional fights or wow. semi-pro or whatever, and he's like, "You need to try it. You really need to go. I know you're gonna love it." Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, "I want to, but if I get in there and some stupid kid torques my arm the wrong way and just messes up my elbow, I'm gonna be so pissed." Yeah. So oh, there's an amber alert. Phone's on silent, but that didn't stop it from vibrating and messing up the uh, audio. <laughs> Just put that on the floor. Oh, yours is going now. <laughs> well, go like ahead and read it. Which excuse. one is it? Oh, I okayed it. Whoops. Yeah, pull it back up. I mean, uh, we both got it. I don't know it. if I can pull it back up. Like, I feel like once I hit okay, it just, oh, it just goes Goodbye. Away. All right. Yeah. Well, well, I will keep it. <laughs> That's so terrible. That's terrible. Well, I don't know if there's a way to, like, opt out of those because I've gotten so... I get, I feel like I get two of those a day now. I got a lot over the last few weeks, I want to say. It's yeah. kind of scary. It just makes you jump. And then, of course, the idea of a child being taken is right. the most awful thing. I know whenever they started doing that, like, I was very, oh, okay, yeah, you I'm on the lookout, mm-hmm. right? And now it's just like, Jesus Christ, and I'll shut it off. Yeah. I don't even think about yeah. it. Yeah. So it's kind of lost its effectiveness, and now it's just a common annoyance. I almost feel like they should send a photo with it. Like, for someone like me, for like, sure. I'm not going to... S- they always give you the car type, and I feel like a photo is going to be more useful to me, and it'll stick yeah. in my head. Yeah. Like, I can look at that one glimpse, like, a make it a meme or something. Yeah. I mean, not in that comedic sense, but right. make it a visual that I can... Yeah. Have, like, yeah. one of those picture collages, and it could have, like, the child as the large picture, and then, like, a smaller picture of the car, like, the color, make, model... Then maybe like another picture of the license plate. I feel like you're making this like something funny. No, 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 I'm not. You're waiting for the hook, right? (laughs) The way you described it, I don't know. I'm like, are we describing the same thing here? But yeah, no, I agree. Just I think a visual sense. I mean, visual always is gonna stick in your head a little bit better. And maybe change the damn tone too, because it sounds like there's a tornado or something. Or like the AOL, like just a just a hint of that pitch, like the You're not old enough to know that, right? (laughs) That was my first email. It was an AOL. Wow. Yep. You gonna tell me you had dial up too? Um I'm not totally sure. I guess that (laughs) gives you an answer to my generation. I uh (laughs) I thought I was uh, just barely old enough to remember those AOL discs that would come in the mail. Yeah, I think my parents just used them longer than like you needed to they're just old school like it, it yeah. was at the point you didn't have to do all that stuff and he would still just do you still have your aol email i do it's like my spam email so yeah. just when i sign up for things and don't want to get the subscriptions yeah. i will put that in there don't ever check it yeah that's one of those things that dates people though i thought but you're too young to know that so. well <laughs> there we go yep <laughs> so um You're relatively new to Fort Worth. Yes. You told me that uh, just recently y'all went to the stockyards. Was that today or? Yeah, well, we, this wasn't our first time today, but my brother's visiting from uh, Southern Arizona. So we wanted to show him kind of, you know, a slice of Texas. (laughs) That's where we took him. Did he buy cowboy boots or a hat? He did talk about buying a hat. (laughs) And I said, but you'll have to like bring it home on the airplane and he's like well I'll wear it yeah. um but I think he was just saying that because I don't quite picture him wearing a cowboy hat and he I, did not buy one 
I have brought people here before that were like, I'm buying a hat. And then they did. Wow. And I was impressed. Yeah. And then uh, and my, I was impressed. <laughs> my brother, uh, I think the first time he came down here, he bought uh, a pair of boots and they were like, they were so ridiculous. I'm like, well, you'll have to tell them that you bought those in Texas because nobody from Texas is going to believe you bought those. Here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do have to give a shout out to my husband because he bought cowboy boots from a vintage store here and okay. like a, like an antique store really down on exchange. Or? Um, we like going to like the Benbrook antique mall oh. and then there's another one over by university right by the botanical gardens or botanic mm. gardens. Um, Trying to think of which one that is. I forget the name of it, but it's just like another antique mall mm-hmm. that's really uh, just has so much in there. It's overwhelming. There's not a whole lot right there by the uh, botanical gardens. You just kind of like turn left by the highway, so you like drive down University past TCU, drive by like ETs. Oh, and okay. Then you okay. turn left just before the gardens mm-hmm. and almost go on the highway, but you don't, and then it's there on the right side. But he bought it at either one of those, okay. and he like got some like touch-up stuff for the leather mm. and just totally like almost refurbished them in one way or another and they I look think great. That's, uh, I think that's Montgomery Street. It kind of borders the new uh, Coliseum. Oh, it might be. I'm so bad with directions. No, no, I am. I'm, I mean, I don't know where anything is. So. Uh, well, and I had a few months to not go anywhere. So it's there. Like I had this whole drive to like explore my backyard yeah. and get to know the town and discover all the local eats so that we could take our families there when they come to visit. And then mm-hmm. now today my brother's here and I'm like, shoot, what are local places that we like? Like we just have brunch places off of Crockett, like mashed where we go out and otherwise like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know, like local foods kitchen. Where else, where else do we like? So, so we're I'm, looking for suggestions of it. <laughs> and I'm vegetarian. I'm the one to so tell I got to give the disclaimer. <laughs> okay. Well, you just, I was about to say, I'm, I, I'm the expert. I took expert. everything off the list. By, by yeah. When you that. said vegetarian. Um, spiral diners. Spiral. So yeah. It's yeah, vegan. So I did, nice. I did a vegan for like a month. And wow. it was the hardest month of my life. It's challenging. That's um, why I'm just vegetarian. I don't know if I can take the next steps. Like, I just don't geez. eat meat, but I'll still eat cheese and dairy products. Yeah. Um, what about egg? I'll eat egg because okay. I just don't get protein. So eat the protein. Yeah. Ways, uh, that I get it. But. Um, so when I found Spiral, I was like two weeks into it, and I was ready to eat my arm off. And Spiral, what did they had? Uh, well, they have a whole bunch. Of, oh, it was the breakfast scramble. There's a bowl with like all wow. this stuff in it, and it's not real egg. Like it's no, but it tastes just but like it's it. really good. Yeah, it did yeah, have better. It did have like a really weird like aftertaste though, and I don't know what that was about, but yeah, I think it was the cheese. Well, it's weird because which is not cheese. everything on their menu has like fake meat in it or like like yeah. you can order like chicken strips but it's not actual chicken and you can order eggs but it's not actual eggs but it looks and kind of has a similar texture so it's really confusing for people like me that I pretty much yeah. don't eat anything that looks or tastes like meat because I don't eat meat <laughs> so you go there and you're like so this is all vegan right and they're like yes like and seriously you're like, but this is like <laughs> similar I mean it's been like I went vegetarian in August so I'm like okay it's like been a few months but like I don't know. Like, this is just creeping me out a little yeah. bit. So I have trouble because like, just because I don't eat meat, the one it looks and tastes a little bit like it, it's just messes with you. Yeah. Are you doing it for like a dietary or are you trying to save the animals? It or? Both. Uh, you know, I've always loved animals. I'm a big dog person. Yeah. And uh, we should just, ne- never eat dogs. And never eat dogs. No. Um, but I just never love, like we would go out to a burger chain and I'd love the fries and the shake but the burger I'm just like eh. so like it was an easy lifestyle switch because I never loved steak and burgers right. and chicken tenders it was just more like I started liking more salads and 
just healthier plant-based foods. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, but one, yeah, it's healthier. And two, I care about animals. And right. three, I guess it wasn't easier switch for me. And yeah. so it was just a personal decision I made. I didn't announce it to the world or anything. Right. Some people might be like, oh, what? She doesn't eat meat. You're not, know yeah, you're not doing it to like virtue signal. <laughs> right. It's just yeah. a personal thing for me. And for so sure. if I go out with friends, I'm like, oh, by the way, you know, but I'll let them choose the place and I'll just eat whatever I can or yeah. ask them to take off the chicken. Yeah, for sure. Did yeah. you notice that it was kind of difficult moving from Utah to here to maintain that diet? Um, well, I only went vegetarian just a month before we moved here. So I didn't have a huge opportunity. Okay. Um, but I mean, here there are a lot more like barbecue places. And I feel like Tex-Mex is such a big thing. I'm oh Mexican God. food. <laughs> and so it has been challenging because I do love Mexican food, Jesus, but I don't yeah. want meat. But there have been some good places where I can get like a nice bean-based chimichanga and not feel like a kid who's eating a cheese quesadilla. There's a place because that that was McCart. Um, it's on. It's south of I twenty. We're just we're just like half a mile north of I twenty right now. Um, but if you go on the other side of I twenty, what what is on the other side of McCart? What's like, on the other side of McCart? Like which? Like going east. If we if we if you passed my house and kept going this way or that way. Like from if you go towards Dallas. If I go towards Dallas. Um, if I keep going down McCart, there I reach another suburb, and it kind of just, I feel like the road ends there. I, w- I have a friend that lives down there. They have a house they're renting. Right. And so that's the farthest I've been in that direction. I don't think, oh, I think it's, is it Forest, Forest Park? Something like that. Oh. Well, anyway. Potentially. <laughs> go, go one block down or the next exit. Okay. So past McCart, going towards Dallas, next exit. Okay. Okay. If you take that street and go south, and I think it is forest. I might be wrong. But anyway, go south on that, and I want to say less than a mile on the mm-hmm. left-hand side, there's this tiny little Mexican food place. Mm-hmm. And um, I was eating there whenever I was doing the, the vegan thing. And if you go in there and tell them that you want a no-meat no, uh, no enchilada, they will make you a custom enchilada that is really, really, really good. Right. And not just cheese. No. Yeah. No. See, that's, I'm like, I don't want to be, I, I'm, I'm not a kid. I don't just want cheese and tortilla. Like, right. <laughs> I guess that's quesadilla more like. I'm a grown up. Yeah. <laughs> Give me food. some vegetables at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah I, I think if I ever do it again, I just need to have, I have to have my shit together. I'm going to have to have a diet plan and like, because I was just like, all right, well, Let's do it's it. It's morning time and I'm a vegan. What am I going to eat? <laughs> you know, and that does not work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like if I did ever get there, vegetarian is a good pit stop on the way towards veganism. And if not, it's a great place to hang out. I've, I've enjoyed it. I don't see myself going back unless yeah. I have some weird health issues or something yeah. where for some reason they tell me I can't do it any other way. <laughs> I was experimenting for a while with different diets, trying to kind of dial in, figure out what was good for me. Um, my blood pressure was through the freaking roof <laughs> and, um, I was talking to somebody and they're like, yep, I had the same issue and I went vegan. Um, and it changed my life. And he said, I don't care about animals. I didn't do it for that reason, <laughs> but I've been a vegan for a year and now my blood pressure has dropped below like normal. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, let me look into that. Yeah. I did not have the same results. But it's also because I was going to, like, Whopper and getting the Impossible Burger. Which is so expensive. And so nasty. (laughs) So nasty. It's not the best, but sometimes that's just, 
if everyone else wants Burger King, that's what I'll grab Man, too. I was so hungry though. Whenever I ate that thing, I did not care. And then I had like three or four more like <gasps> later on because oh I would no. just get so hungry. I'm like, ah, I gotta, I gotta have something vegan. Yeah. Um, Chipotle was really good because they've Ooh. got a some kind of substitute yeah. meat thing that's pretty good. And Local Foods Kitchen. That's kind of probably one of my top restaurant here in Fort Worth. That is off of Hewlin. Um, kind of close to Trader Joe's. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I think it's all just locally sourced food. It's this cute little, it almost looks like you're going towards an office complex, but it's just set on the side of um, a strip mall, and they have a like, cute outdoor patio, mm. and there's a really nice Tex-Mex salad that's vegetarian that I like to order. Do they have, like, filled. vines growing up the wall? Yes. Okay, I know what you're talking yes, about. that's it. That's one of my all favorites. Right. A client actually brought me there for uh, a meeting, and I brought my mom back, and... It's, it's a top go-to for me. Well, I'll tell you what. I know you're vegan or vegetarian yes, now. Yes, yes. Um, but if you ever just want to impress the hell out of everybody mm-hmm. that comes in, in in a group or whatever, uh, you got to have some money set aside for this. This is not okay. casual dining. Okay, where are we going? Uh, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. I'm writing this down. Yeah, definitely. And if you forget or you lose that piece of paper that you're writing <laughs> on, just Google the best damn place in Fort Worth to eat. Oh, okay. It's a culinary experience. That place is not just a restaurant. It's what incredible. is their focus? I mean, specialty? if it is used it? to breathe, they have oh, killed gosh. it, and they have turned it into the best thing that's ever been eaten. Okay, um, but like American Tex-Mex, just in general, everything. I, I want to, it's it's like. Is that why it's called Lonesome Dove? Because they killed the little man. I think it's called Lonesome Dove after the uh, miniseries. There was a, a miniseries called Lonesome Dove, and. Um, it's a good movie. All right. Good, good miniseries. Right. Um, I think that's where they got the name, okay. but I'd have to talk to Tim Love. That's okay. the, uh, I, I think that's the owner. Shout out to um, Tim. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Love. <laughs> We'd love to have you on our podcast. So Joe Rogan just did a shout out. Um, Joe Rogan is a, uh, he has a podcast. Um, are you familiar with it? It's like my go-to podcast. Okay. Anyway. It's not ringing a bell. No, it's okay. Sometimes I hide under a rock no, <laughs> here no, no, in this no. office it's, specifically. It's if you don't listen to podcasts religiously, it wouldn't surprise me that you hadn't heard of it. Um, but I think most people that are inside the podcast world know that podcast specifically. But anyway, he was talking about Lonesome Dove, and I'm like, oh, he was here. <laughs> Joe was here. And he it. didn't even say <laughs> hi. But uh, I love how you take that personally. Yeah, for sure. I need to develop that mindset. Like... They, they need to get in touch with me. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, he has to know. I have a Facebook account, so surely he's... Anyway. Surely. Um, but no, I had kangaroo. <gasps> so really, it is everything that I <laughs> I think I had kangaroo. Oh, I had a bunch of other, like, really random stuff. Yeah. I'm like, you can eat that? Yeah. They don't have laws against that? It's fascinating. I'll, it is. I'll the have two. Will eat. Yeah, I'll have two of that. Um, so... It's really good, but it's it's not just the food. The food's incredible, but like the service and like the guy that cooks the food and prepares it, like right. brings it out and explains to you, like, okay, you Neanderthal, oh. this is how this is supposed to be eaten, oh. and this is how the flavor uh, profile wow. is going to unfold in your mouth. That's and so good. This is the wine that you should pair with this. I might yeah. have to go there and like get notes for like copywriting projects for like restaurants. Yeah. You know? And I made the guy Tasty in my notes. imaginary scenario sound kind of condescending. <laughs> he, he wasn't, but I felt like he should have been because when he took one look at me, he's like, this guy shouldn't be here. I do hate that when you go to a place <laughs> and they're like, 
I'm like, just get me my food and I'm going to leave because yeah. this is really awkward. I felt like thanking every. I did thank everybody, but I felt like so humble to be there. I was so thankful. Those are the best experiences. Like we went to a bed and breakfast in Galveston. We decided we want to drive over to the beach and we were able to bring our dog to this historic hotel. And we walk in and we just were expecting like just B&B, like whatever. But they like offer us just like free drinks, you know, like a happy hour and olives. Huh. And it was just like, wow, and fresh cookies. So it's and staffed. Like yeah, the whole I mean, time, there's just or? one person there that yeah. does all this. Um, and she like gives you a drink and then she takes you up to your room and like mm-hmm. gives you a little tour. And you're like, wow, okay, like where are we staying exactly? Hmm. And then in the morning, we literally like had breakfast, talked to the other guests. Like this is a very first real like i guess bnb yeah. experience for me mm-hmm. i've done airbnb but usually you're the only one there nobody's cooking for yeah, you no one's cooking your <laughs> breakfast darn it so this place it was really interesting to be there and there was another couple celebrating their wedding wedding anniversary like we were and we're just talking and talking about what restaurants to eat at in town mm-hmm. and it was just quite the experience and it just made us feel welcome and inviting and yeah. it was yeah, we wanted to go back for sure. Do you remember the name of it? It's called Schaefer House. Schaefer House. We were almost driven to it because it's a German name. Yeah. So Schaefer House, like H-A-U-S is, and you can spell it wrong, but you'll probably find it. It's on the island of Galveston. So not okay. many, many to choose yeah. from. Yeah, throw a rock. You're going to find yeah, it. it'll yeah. be there. <laughs> well, it's on the recording now, so I'm going to find it. Okay, true. That sounds like a good one. Well, we've done close to an hour of this recording. Ooh. We only got about 40 minutes of video because I'm an idiot, but... um. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I tell all my guests, anytime you have a project coming up or the next book you write. The first, I guess. I've edited books, but I haven't written my own yet. (laughs) There's many drafts. (laughs) But I'm 100% serious. Come on anytime. Uh, Just holler at me. I'm actually not that far from you. I'm like 15 minutes away. So neighbors, pop in. If uh, your husband wants to join us next time, I'd love to hear some awesome stories about uh, flying the friendly skies. I think that's actually a Southwest thing, but... (laughs) Um, I think it's... Oh, shoot. I'm going to be in trouble for not remembering their tagline. It's like, (laughs) we're here to... Great is what we're going for. Yeah, that's kind of what... (laughs) Great is what we're going for? Listen, I bought a ticket on an airplane. (laughs) It better not be what you're going for. It better be what I get. Oh, yeah. that's. I don't like that slogan. (laughs) It's they have this cute video. I like it. I like okay. it. I am an advocate for them. They're a good company. They I'll rethink well. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, folks, thank y'all for listening. Be sure to leave me some comments. Let me know how many times I screwed up. Call me out on all my screw ups so that I get better at these for you. Don't forget to check out www.saltedpages.com. Thank you, Lauren, and pronounce your last name for me one more time, and I promise to God I'll practice this in a mirror. Okay, it's Lauren Kuchka. Kuchka. Yes, and apparently I'm only 98% right anyways, according to my husband, so you can't even trust me. Well, I mean, there's a gray area there, right? (laughs) True, it's all up to interpretation. I could just decide I am... I don't know, Lauren Cuckoo or something, you know, just speak well, And you don't have the accent. I mean. I don't. I, once I add it in, it sounds a little bit better, but also just people try to copy that and it just overwhelms them. So That's probably where you're coming up short though, right? It's the accent. I guess so. Yeah. Kuchka. I guess. There we go. Well, it sounds perfect to me. What the hell do I know? All right. Well, thank you again and uh, everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Cheers. 